Welcome to the Standard of Truth podcast, hosted by historian Dr. Garrett Dirkmott, where we explore the early days of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and gain rare historical insights into how a young farm boy was able to establish a new church and grow it by way of visions, manifestations, and miracles. Hi, welcome to the Standard of Truth podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont, and I'm joined by my friend, Professor Richard LeDuc. Hello, Garrett. In this week's podcast, we're going to continue our discussion of the topic that shall not be named. Um, we I like that. We'll just we'll just say <laughs> we're talking about something. Don't know what it is, but we're talking about it. So when when last we uh, left you, uh, Garrett had provided some additional context uh, of kind of the genesis of some of these uh, claims. We, we received we received an email from a, a sweet uh, sister who has uh, a loved one, um, and so just to reset that a little bit. Uh, to, to quote parts of this email. So his biggest issues are with Joseph Smith and church history. He did tell me that he got some of the, uh, that uh, he got them from reliable sources. And remember, he is an attorney. That Joseph Smith sent men on missions, and while they were gone, he married their wives. And that this is the real reason so many early leaders left the church. He says he knows prophets aren't perfect, but this is disgusting and totally unacceptable. And he can no longer uh, believe he was inspired of God. Is it really true? If not, how do we know it isn't? If this is what many, uh, if this is what many who are leaving the church are hearing, with no defense of it out there, it's easy to understand why they are. And so um, the and the the email it was it was a very long email full of a lot of just kind of heartbreaking uh, sentiment. And so this tugged at Garrett's uh, proverbial heartstrings to be, able to, to be able to bring up kind of this topic. So Garrett, you, you talked a little bit about uh, polygamy just, just slightly and then, and then <laughs> jumped in both feet into polyandry right. and kind of explained that. And, and you had just gotten to kind of a specific case here that you were going to discuss. Yeah. And, and uh Again, responding specifically to this this claim that's being made that this sister is is dealing with, you know, when someone claims that they are getting their information from a from a reliable source, the fact that they claim that they are, or the fact that they think that they are, is not the same thing as that they are. Um, I I know I've told this story before, but it. It, it has actually happened on a couple of occasions, but differently. But the one I remember most was giving a fireside once and someone came up afterwards and said that, you know, I, I, it's all fine and good what you talked about here. But, you know, uh, when I read this, you know, I just knew that the church couldn't possibly be true. And I said, oh, well, where did you read that? And he's like, oh, it's in the Joseph Smith papers. I, I read it in the Joseph Smith papers. I read it there. So, I mean, that's how you know it's true. And, and I don't think you really have a response to that. I mean, you can do your little firesides. He was pretty antagonistic. He said, like, you can do your little firesides all you want. But, I mean, that's in there. That's in the Joseph Smith papers. And so how, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? And, and I said, well, well, that's not in the Joseph Smith papers. He's like, no, it is. I know it is. I've read it in there. And I was like, well... I know it's not because the volume you're talking about, I wrote. So it's a bit of a flex. Yeah. Well, 
when, when you get yeah no it's one of those things it's so this is one of my favorite things about about garrett is he is he is a humble person and and it's it's really a fun thing as we as as we do this podcast and and garrett does almost all of it without notes he just he just goes right he he lives this stuff he knows this stuff and, it, and it's great and so he he generally is meek in his response to people who are are have questions or, or issues you're always great about that but then occasionally when when they say that willard richards killed joseph smith uh, yeah <laughs> there, there are a couple of triggers that garrett has and then and then is his wrath kindled <laughs> and he drops it and so this is my my wife's very old testament in her style and this is her favorite when yeah. somebody says something her and favorite w- version of me is angry me <laughs> it's well it is it is very fun right and so so anyway i i know that generally this isn't the case and when people have questions yeah. or, or issues or concerns you're always very kind and even when they come to you and they're, and they're incredibly wrong but they're well-intentioned right then it's like okay well you know yeah talk and, about this. and so i mean because i tried with this guy several times to explain that no that's not coming where it's and he was adamant that it was and so yeah at that point i had to explain well if what you were saying was in the joseph smith papers it would be in documents volume one and i wrote documents volume <laughs> one so i i know that it's not in there and 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 he was like oh well well, I know I've read it somewhere, and I said, I have no doubt that you've read it somewhere, but that's not the same thing as having read it from an authoritative source. And, you know, I, honestly, I mean, Richard's right. Look, look, I I desperately want people to believe because I believe. And, you know, it, it's not because it's uh, something that, you know, I, 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 you know, BYU is not, not, sending me an extra check in the mail for meeting with someone and trying to help them with their testimony. But the gospel of Jesus Christ has brought great joy into my life. It has answered all kinds of questions for me. The reason why I know that I have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother, the reason why I know I can be with my family again in the next life, the fact of who I am that I pre-existed this life these things are things I have because of the gospel. And, and so of course I want other people to feel that, but I also understand with so much negative things in the world with so much, uh, 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 sin and so much, uh, just, just evil and, and suffering that causes us to question and to doubt. And then with so many voices that are saying so many things, Oh, definitively, let me just tell you this about this. That proves Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet. I I mean, I I understand why it is that people would would have doubts. I understand why uh, when they're confronted with something that they've never heard before, that it can shake them. And so I I certainly want to have empathy to people um, in that position because I was in that position once myself where when I was first learning about things, it was something I hadn't learned before. And, and all of us are going to be in that position. All of us are at some point going to learn something about the church, its history, or its doctrine that we didn't know before. And if it's presented in a negative light, well, then that might cause us to have negative feelings about it. And sometimes we're not able to process it. 
And those things start to snowball and they start to build on top of one another. And suddenly it's not just one thing, it's a dozen things. I, 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 I want to have empathy for people who feel like that. I, I understand what it can feel like to have the rug pulled out from under you. So I want to try to provide answers for people, but I also, uh, you're right. I, there are times I'm triggered. Well, so, and, and well, so, and, and this, and this you, is when you, when you say that Willard Richards murdered Joseph Smith, that's apparently one of them. It is one of them. But I will say that, that this is also one of them. You have a sweet sister who is saying that, that I, he's saying a lot of things that I'm having a difficult time with. The problem for her is that he is a very educated individual that is probably the smartest person that she knows, very likely. And, that and he, a loved one. So, and a loved so two one. things. So, so I want to believe what he's saying because I love him and he's the smartest person that I know. And he's coming to me almost in this authoritative way as an attorney saying to me, I know reliable sources as an attorney. This is what I live in and builds this argument like he would in a case for why Joseph Smith sent multiple right. people out on missions so that he could marry their wives. And and just the nature of that was such that it, it triggered was, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I mean, and it's because look, I mean, and, and again, you know, this person expressed that, you know, this person's still, you know, being kind about their membership and stuff like that. I, I, you know, obviously I'm not saying that that this loved one isn't a great person who's just confused. I, I'm sure that that's the case. There's a good person, but it is a troubling thing to me when someone attempts to use facts from the past to browbeat other people into submission where vis-a-vis their testimony. And the reason why is it, it, whether it's intentional or not, and look, oftentimes it's not intentional. Sometimes it's just someone repeating something that they heard on the latest TikTok about the church. But whether it's intentional or not, it makes assertions that are either factual or they are not. And if they're not factual, then the conclusion that is then drawn by them also can't follow. You'll notice in this email the conclusion that that this good sister was drawing was, you know, well, th- this this would be really troubling, you know, if this is the case. So that means we need to figure out what is the case. What do we know and not know about these? And my guess is that given the lack of vetting of sources that was done by her loved one, since apparently he didn't say to her, hey, Here's this John C. Bennett affidavit that even anti-Mormons of the time period thought was a bunch of garbage. This is the proof that I'm using. I, I don't think that that's what he did. My guess is he was really making reference to uh, one of the most um, one of the most visible and uh, popular antagonistic attacks on Joseph Smith on, along this line, and that is his sealing to Miranda Hyde. Now, Miranda Hyde um, is the daughter of uh, the Johnsons. You, 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 you've probably, some of you, been to the John Johnson home in Hiram, uh, Ohio. She marries Orson Hyde in 1834, 
And um, the reason why this becomes problematic is in the 20th century, people begin to check essentially, you know, when the ceilings took place. And then they, they cross-reference that with Orson Hyde, which most Latter-day Saints mostly know Orson Hyde because they know that he was sent on the mission to Palestine. He's the one who dedicates Palestine for the return of the Jews. And so especially when we're doing Old Testament year, you probably have already talked about that a little bit. Um, And so it appeared, or at least the argument is made, that Joseph sent Orson Hyde on his mission to Palestine so that he could marry Mirinda Hyde while he was gone. Now, that argument is not an argument that's made in the 19th century. Even John C. Bennett's uh, little affidavit that we read doesn't include any names and certainly doesn't mention that. It's a later argument that's made. Where does the argument come from? Well, there is uh, in Joseph Smith's journal, there is a notation that is made at the back of it. And it's clearly made after Joseph Smith is, is uh, deceased. Um, there's a list of apparent sealing dates, and some of them we can cross-reference. For instance, one of the sealing dates, well, we actually don't know that they're sealing dates. That's what we assume that they are. So for instance, one of the entries is 1843, April 27th, William Clayton, and Margaret Moon by J.S. at H.C.K.'s. Well, that's Heber C. Kimball's. J.S. is Joseph Smith. And so you have this list, April 27th, William Clayton, and Margaret Moon at Joseph Smith's at Heber C. Kimball's. William Clayton is one of the earliest practitioners of plural marriage, and he marries Margaret Moon, the, the sister of Ruth Moon, his first wife, um, in in a plural, he marries Margaret in a plural marriage. And so some of these dates are then verifiable because William Clayton writes in his journal about the ceiling, right? Um, Some of these other ceilings are ceilings that uh, uh, we, you know, don't have as good of information on. But for instance, you have uh, Wilford Woodruff being uh, sealed to his wife, his first wife, Phoebe uh, Carter, November 11th, 1843. Now, so this list has, you know, several marriages. They are not all Joseph Smith marriages. In fact, most of them aren't. But at the very top, written obviously after the fact, is above the 1843 that the rest of the list is under, there is a lighter 42 that's written. And off to the side of that 42 is uh, April on one side, and on the other side is Marinda Johnson to Joseph Smith. That's it. There is no commentary. There's no explanation. There is just the the scribe who who wouldn't even have, have been in Nauvoo in April of 42, so he literally can't be a first-hand witness. Thomas Bullock can't be a first-hand witness to this. He has written a list of ceilings and apparently after the fact is it included this 42 Marinda Johnson to Joseph Smith. There's no explanation. There's no declaration. There is simply these words on the page. Now 
That then can be taken to say, well, Orson Hyde was on his mission from late 1840 until early 1843. Aha. That means if she was sealed to Joseph Smith, she was sealed to Joseph Smith while her husband Orson was gone. That proves that there's something nefarious. Now, notice even what I just did there goes beyond the source. If this is the only source I have of that sealing, I actually don't know anything about it. I don't know why the sealing happened in April of 42. I don't have any commentary from Orson Hyde saying, that Joseph Smith sent me to Palestine. I don't know what his voice sounded like, honestly. He was kind of a, he was kind of a shorter guy, so maybe, I don't know. I, I, I guess I kind of made him sound like, like Mr. Ed. But, um, uh, you know, that Joseph Smith, you know, sent me to Palestine so he could marry my wife. Do you have Miranda Hyde saying that? No. You don't have any commentary from the people that are involved saying that. What do you have? You have, after the fact, after this list is created, uh, an, uh, an emendation to it written at the top of the page that says, April 42, Miranda Johnson to Joseph Smith. Now, as much as um, people would like to argue that that's the only source that exists for this question... The reality is, it's not the only source. In the 1860s, now this is going to seem very, very odd. If we ever do a series on polygamy, which I think these two have convinced me I will never, ever talk about it again. If we ever do do a series on plural marriage, um, one of the things that we'll have to spend a ton of time on is where our sources even come from. Remember I said in the first episode that plural marriage is primarily practiced in secret and only among a very small number of people in Nauvoo. Well, after Joseph Smith is murdered and after uh, Brigham Young and the Quorum of the Twelve begin to lead the church, one thing becomes very apparent, and that is that because Joseph Smith taught Brigham Young uh, plural marriage, and Brigham Young is not just taught it, he knows it, it's, he's practicing it, he sees it, he was part of some of the sealing ceremonies, Brigham Young is not willing to just simply stop teaching what Joseph taught. There are several people who break away from the church after Joseph is murdered. Um, one of the uh, allegations that's made in the email that was sent to us was that so many early leaders of the church left because Joseph Smith sent them on missions to marry their wives. Well, there aren't any people that I can think of for whom that's true. William Law will uh, 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 apostatize. He's the one who really is the founder of the Nauvoo Expositor, and he'll eventually start his own church, and then he'll eventually abandon that and abandon Mormonism altogether later in his life. But um, he... There's often the claim made that Joseph Smith attempted to marry William Law's wife, but William Law certainly isn't on a mission. And William Law himself says that that didn't happen. So when someone makes that claim, they're actually making a claim on the basis of someone that isn't William Law and that isn't a, 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 a firsthand witness of that. Again, Joseph was... Uh, being sealed to several women uh, during that time period. So I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that Joseph isn't practicing plural marriage. 
But what some people tried to argue after Joseph was murdered was that he had never taught plural marriage, that he hadn't ever taught it. This matters because this is an argument that's once again being made today by multiple apostate groups. I had a woman in my ward just the other day uh, text me a, a text and ask me about something that she had seen on the internet in which a woman claimed that uh, different things about about Joseph Smith and the practice of plural marriage and how there just wasn't any evidence at all that Joseph Smith ever practiced plural marriage. Well, that uh, argument is something that was made by multiple offshoot branches like uh, the reorganized church, which didn't exist right away, but eventually forms. And when it forms, one of its primary arguments is Joseph Smith never taught and practiced polygamy Therefore, Brigham Young and all the mountain saints out there in Utah are all apostates because they're practicing polygamy and God never taught or practiced polygamy and DNC 132 is a false revelation. Now, that was the, the stance of the what would become uh, the, the reorganized church, which would become the community of Christ for, for many years. But it's no longer the position. Um, as more and more sources came out, uh, as more and more sources and research has been done, it's essentially become impossible for any historian to argue that Joseph Smith didn't teach and practice plural marriage. Yet you still have apostate groups in Utah today, such as the Denver Snuffer group that is arguing that, hey, you know how uh, he can be the real true leader of, of, of God's people on earth? Well, it's because there wasn't really a true prophet after Joseph Smith. And you know that because Brigham Young taught polygamy and Joseph Smith never taught polygamy. A similar thing is argued by the Phil Davis group um, and those affiliated with him. That, well, Joseph Smith never taught polygamy, never taught polygamy, never taught polygamy. You'll notice in all of their claims, they won't ever have a historian a PhD-holding, university-educated historian saying it. And you have to ask yourself that question of why. It's not like the average American historian is a friend of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> if they could prove that Joseph Smith never taught polygamy, never practiced polygamy, and that all originated from Brigham Young, that would be a Pulitzer Prize best-winning book and award-winning book and would make them a great deal of money and would land their career. So why don't they do that? If they have the ability to do it, then why don't they? Well, you can either invent a gigantic conspiracy theory that, oh, you know, the, the Presbyterian historians and the Pentecostal historians and the Catholic historians and the Jewish historians and all the historians are all in a giant cabal desperately trying to prove that Joseph Smith practiced polygamy, even though he never practiced polygamy. And by the way, they're also in league with all the Latter-day Saint historians who also believe that Joseph Smith practiced polygamy. It's one giant unspoken cabal. Or... You could take the much more rational approach, and that is the reason why someone who is no fan of the church doesn't make a name for their, themselves just by proving that Brigham Young is the originator of all polygamy in Mormondom is there is no way to make that argument credible given the sources that we have. So that's my lead-in to say that 
We once had a very different view of plural marriage in the church. I'm not saying it wasn't always difficult. It wasn't always hard. I mean, obviously, that that's the, one of the reasons why we struggle with it today. It's just the very thought of it is so difficult that we, we wish it never happened, many people. Um, but in the 1860s, when the reorganized church was making the claim that Joseph Smith never taught or practiced it, it was actually our church that undertook to collect affidavits and statements and letters from the men and women who actually did practice it in Joseph Smith's time. One of those letters is William Clayton, who writes out, who explains how he wrote Doctrine and Covenant section 132 as Joseph Smith dictated it to him. Now, that might sound like, you know, well, William Clayton just said that, of course, after the fact. I mean, of course he'd say that. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess if you want to throw that source away, except for the fact that William Clayton, in his journal on that day, says that he dictates the revelation on plural marriage by Joseph Smith. That's not a credible thing for a historian to throw out. Unless we're claiming that William Clayton, in July of 1843, deliberately wrote a false entry in his journal saying that he wrote out a revelation from Joseph Smith amidst other things like sold some land today and then you know and then wrote wrote that all out knowing that eventually there would be a breakaway church that would claim that there wasn't any plural marriage and he'd be able to use that to prove that there was in order to keep going the plural marriage that was never taught at all in the first place that's just how deep the conspiracy goes and that's yeah yeah next thing you know the moon landing was all on a set anyway um uh so in order to demonstrate this, they they knew the women that were married to Joseph Smith in his life, and they, many of them, were asked to submit affidavits attesting to that fact. Well, one of those women is Marinda Hyde. So if we go to the actual affidavit that Marinda Hyde signs, what do we find? Uh, here it is. Uh, th th so these affidavits were collected. They're sometimes uh, called the Joseph F. Smith affidavits because he was the church historian uh, in the 1860s and 70s that was collecting these affidavits proving that Joseph had in fact practiced plural marriage. Of course, you know, Heber C. Kimball and William Clayton and others had it in their journals, but this was, you know, essentially pushing back against those that were claiming Joseph Smith never taught it or never practiced it. From 1869, be it remembered on this first day of May, 1869, personally appeared before me, uh, uh, Elias Smith, uh, probate judge for said county. So that's the Elias Smith is the judge. Marinda Nancy Johnson Hyde, who was by me sworn in due form of law and upon her oath saith that on the, and the day is missing here, not filled in, but the month is. May 1843, at the city of Nauvoo, county of Hancock, state of Illinois, she was married or sealed to Joseph Smith, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, by Brigham Young, president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of said church, according to the laws of the same regulating marriage, in the presence of Eliza Maria Partridge Lyman and Emily Dow Partridge Young. And then you have the signature of... Uh, uh, Marinda Nancy Johnson Hyde. Um, so 
you'll notice our problem here because the allegation is what? The allegation is Joseph sent Orson Hyde on a mission to Palestine, not to dedicate it for the return of the Jews, but so that he could nefariously, when Orson, as soon as his carriage pulls out of distance, run off and marry his wife. And yet, Miranda Hyde, in this affidavit that she gives herself, and before this is a great controversy, uh, before you know Fawn Brody writes her book, and before uh, you know the letter to the CES director is a thing, she is saying that they were sealed in May of 1843, which would be after her husband returns. So first and foremost, I have a problem because it's not a problem of whether or not Miranda Hyde was sealed to Joseph Smith. Now, of course, there are many people that are sealed to Joseph Smith. Um, in fact, after Joseph Smith's death, many women petitioned to be sealed to Joseph Smith. And in general, that that petition's granted. Again, remember, they're doing adoptionary sealings at the time. And, and of course, as we've talked about before, they don't view sealing as some kind of welding with iron and concrete that now someone is married to someone, whether they like it or not. They view it as something that allows for the possibility if the agency of both parties was, was intact. The same way that when you and I go and do baptisms for the dead in the temple, none of us come out of the font and say, well, now Jim Johnson is a Mormon whether he likes it or not. We did actually joke with my grandmother about that. No, yeah. we did. That um, you said you're going to be a Mormon whether you like it or not. We literally made yeah. that exact joke. What did she say? She thought it was funny. That's funny. Uh, but so, um, so when when does the the previously mentioned you know scrap of uh, paper with the date when does that become a controversy? Because you brought up a really interesting point here that this is 1869. When does that turn into? He was sent to Palestine. To- yeah, it, it's not until the 20th century because we don't have a transcript of Joseph's journals until the 20th century. So, like mid 20th. Yeah, so this I is, mean, this primarily is, this from maybe even a hundred years. Primarily after- from Fawn Brody's book, um, uh, the you know, no man knows my history is where this this argument is is being made because once we have a transcript of Joseph's journals and those records are now you know we have people that we have an archive that people can go look at them, they can then see the list and they can say aha. This proves so this. almost a hundred years after the so this this affidavit is taken far before there's anything that's even a- right now now obviously Miranda Hyde is well aware that she's in a very odd situation right because she's she's literally married to the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles <laughs> Orson Hyde's the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles he's the most senior apostle and so you know. Uh, when when Joseph F. Smith is taking this affidavit, the head of, of the Quorum of the Twelve is Orson Hyde, right? The point is that the argument that was made deliberately to make it more nefarious is made about something that as a historian, I actually don't know the answer to. When was Miranda Hyde sealed to Joseph Smith? Well, I have a notation written later in Joseph's journal that gives an April 1842 date. I have an affidavit from Miranda Hyde herself, taken later in Utah, that says it was May of 18, May of 1843. 
I don't know which of those dates. One is earlier, but not from her and not from an eyewitness. One is later, but it's from her and from an eyewitness. So, so then what does, what does Orson have to say on the matter? Um, Orson doesn't have anything to say on the matter. And in fact, um, one thing that we, uh, were able to essentially uncover while we were working on the Joseph Smith papers is yet another statement on this from Miranda Hyde. Uh, This is not one that was public at the time that many of these controversies were playing out. This is a document that uh, became public later. It's now publicly available. Um, And uh, it's written by Miranda Hyde. The peculiarity of my condition in life seems to call for an explanation at my hand. The Lord gave me to Joseph Smith before I married Orson Hyde. This I did not know until 10 years after when Joseph taught me the doctrine of celestial marriage. This was in the fall of 1841. So now we have a completely different date, a date that's different from the sealing date and a date that's different from the notation date. Now she isn't saying she's sealed here. The following December, the following revelation was brought to me by the apostle Wilford Woodruff. And this is a revelation um, that uh, essentially says that she needs to be better taken care of while her husband's gone on on a mission. Um, uh, This document, this this statement of hers, we don't know exactly when it was written, but she references the death of Orson Hyde. Now, you should know that she actually divorces Orson Hyde in 1870. So one of the the explanations, potential explanations, again, which I don't know. I don't know the answers to these things. But a potential explanation for why she was sealed to Joseph is that, you know, maybe she didn't want to be sealed to Orson. She eventually... You know, you can't get a divorce in Illinois if you're a woman, but in Utah, you can. In Utah, women are are, are essentially the first place in the country almost where where they can get an, a no-fault, essentially irreconcilable differences divorce that they initiate. And so she does divorce him. So, so people have speculated maybe that's why she uh, was, was, was sealed to Joseph instead. At any rate, Um, she, after this revelation says that she needs to be better taken care of, she then, uh, gives the rest of her explanation. Ebenezer Robinson and wife, oh, I guess, uh, yeah, Ebenezer Robinson and wife, um, received me, um, and gave us shelter, uh, me and mine, her and her kids gave us shelter until another place was provided. I have followed the command of the prophet Joseph as above instructed and cherish it in my heart. The hope of, uh, with the hope of reaching the fulfillment of its promises and blessings therein contained. And then she includes this caveat. A few years before Mr. Hyde departed this life, and as I said, that matters for the dating, um, he dies in 1878, and then she dies in 1886, which means even though this is an undated affidavit, it is signed by her, and in it she says, Mr. Hyde has departed this life. 
So it's sometime after 1878, but before 1886, obviously, since she's the one signing it. So in the church history department, they have it as circa or around 1880, which that sounds about right. A few years before Mr. Hyde departed his this life, he told me that Joseph Smith, before our marriage, requested him not to marry me, but gave no reason for the request. And then her signature, Nancy Miranda Hyde. Um, which is interesting that she signs her middle name first there. And it seems to be, I think she might have gone by Nancy more, but um so now I have yet another wrinkle that's thrown in there. Um, and that is that she's saying that Joseph first tells her about plural marriage in 1841, not in 42 or in 43. Now she doesn't say in this affidavit when she was sealed. When Orson Hyde returns home from, uh, from Palestine, he makes no mention of this. He makes no mention of this ever. And in fact, himself begins practicing plural marriage and marries two other wives shortly after, shortly after the time he returns. But this is used as one of the main, you know, clubs to beat Latter-day Saints over the head with, ah, see what Joseph did in sending Orson Hyde on his mission in order to marry Miranda Hyde. Like a lot of things, there are some true parts of that statement. Was Joseph Smith sealed to Miranda Hyde? Yes. But the nefarious part is the, and it was done in Orson's absence and clearly it was nefarious. And that's what makes Joseph not, you know, you know, prophets can be, you know, they're not perfect, but that's just disgusting, right? That, that argument. Well, you're making a conclusion on the basis of something that you don't even know if it happened. That they were sealed, yes. The nature of that sealing, we don't know at all. She doesn't live in Joseph's household. She doesn't seem to be living as if she is uh, one, uh, you know, like other wives of Joseph Smith that are living in the household. She does reference the fact that she was sealed to him. So she certainly feels like she was married and sealed to him in her later affidavit. But of course, like all of Joseph's plural marriages, there are no children from that marriage at all. And um, so we don't, we don't really know. So you can see the problem with saying, I know X happened when you actually don't even know if it did. You certainly don't know. Anyone who definitively says that they know when Miranda Hyde was sealed to Joseph Smith is not telling you the truth. At the very least, they can say, there's a possibility that Joseph might have married Miranda Hyde while Orson Hyde was gone. That's a true statement. It's possible. But if it's only possible, then why are we coming up with all of the other conclusions that follow it? Because it's actually just as possible, and you might even argue more possible, that that sealing took place after Orson had already returned. Also, the problem is trying to essentially create uh, a tension that the participants themselves don't seem to have. Orson Hyde doesn't seem to have that. As I said, he begins practicing plural marriage himself. And... He continues to live with uh, with Miranda Hyde after he returns and continues to have children with her. 
And so we don't understand the nature of that ceiling. So someone who wants to conclude to you, A, that it was nefarious and hidden, B, that it was nefarious and wrong, that they are making those claims on the basis of what their opinion is, not on the basis of what the facts state. What's interesting about her affidavit is, is that we know from multiple sources, including some of Joseph's wives and Orson Pratt talks about this, that Joseph, as I said in the first, seemed to know that he was supposed to teach and practice plural marriage as early as 1831, but he didn't. It would make sense then why uh, she is reporting this conversation with, with, with Joseph Smith. Perhaps um, that uh, Joseph had already had revealed that he was supposed to be sealed to Miranda Hyde and, of course, was still resisting the practice of, of plural marriage. We have in our minds that, of course, because it's plural marriage, everyone entered into it just, you know, all the men were just, you know, dancing and cheering as they did it instead of things like Brigham Young saying that he desired the grave. There's an entry in William Clayton's journal in which Emma and Joseph are both weeping over the fact of the revelation, knowing that they have to follow it and knowing how hard it is. It's a trite thing to place inside of someone else what their motivations are, to judge them on the basis of a life you haven't lived and on the basis only of what you think you would do if you were in the circumstance. Frankly, none of us have had an angel with a drawn sword stand over us and tell us to practice plural marriage. In which case, if that's the case that none of us have had that experience, then we don't actually know how we would react. And maybe that's what causes so much consternation. At any rate, if that conversation that she describes, is she's relating it correctly, then it's possible that Joseph, knowing that he was supposed to be sealed to her, but was unwilling to actually follow through on it, that in 1834, he tried to convince Orson Hyde, oh, you probably shouldn't marry her, and but didn't give a reason. And so Orson Hyde went ahead and married her. And again, they will eventually divorce. Um, but this is an example of, of why actually knowing the sources. And when someone says, I have this from reliable sources, well, all of these sources are publicly available. The fact that there's multiple sealing dates for Miranda Hyde, the fact that we don't actually know when she was sealed is something that you can do a Google search for. If you were to just go to the Wikipedia page, which you should never go to the Wikipedia page because anyone can edit it and they can put whatever they want there. If you've decided that Wikipedia is your, your you know, no, no, I read it on Wikipedia. I, I mean, you know, please do better homework than that. But if that's all you did, if all you did was go to Wikipedia, you would know as you read that entry until, you know what, someone listening right now is going to go change it. They're like, no, I wouldn't look and, it, and it's not there anymore. But you would know as you read it that there are two different dates given for Miranda Johnson uh, Hyde's uh, ceiling to Joseph Smith. If you were to go to the Joseph Smith Papers website and look up Miranda Johnson Hyde, you'd see that there's two different ceiling dates given for. And, and the commentary of, we don't know which one it is. 
So anyone who's having a conversation about Miranda Hyde being being sealed to Joseph, the first thing that they should say is that they don't know when it happened. Now, I understand the very fact that she was sealed to Joseph can still cause consternation and difficulty for people. But that's a different conversation than the one that we have in our email. The one we have in our email is that Joseph was deliberately sending people abroad so he could marry their wives. That's a pretty bold statement. Is is it the case? Um, Well, in one case, in Miranda Johnson Hyde's case, it's possible, although it's kind of a weird argument to say, oh yes, he's just sending people on missions to marry their wives. Orson Hyde leaves on his mission in 1840. So he's so desperate to marry Miranda that he... Sends Orson Hyde, but then waits two years before he actually does it. You know, that's that, it, that doesn't necessarily fall. And again, it, it's a historically ambiguous thing. I realize it's an incredibly difficult topic to talk about. And, and that's the reason why so many apostate groups in Utah and in uh, America and in the world today have gained followers by simply trying to claim that Joseph Smith never practiced polygamy. Um, We received another question from another listener that maybe we'll cover on another episode um, related to this very thing, the argument that Joseph never taught or practiced it at all. And again, what is that person doing? They are cherry-picking sources to try to make an argument that no historian makes. Why doesn't any historian make it, even one who has no no love for the church because it's not a single source that demonstrates that Joseph Smith taught and practiced polygamy. It is dozens and dozens and dozens of sources and dozens and dozens and dozens of affidavits of people who say that they practiced it. And you can see how difficult it is to to make the argument. Look, Eliza R. Snow says she was married to Joseph Smith. So either Eliza R. Snow was married to Joseph Smith or she's a liar. It's pretty hard to read Eliza R. Snow's diary and all of the things she sacrifices for the church, her desperate faith in, in the kingdom, and to come away with the conclusion, yeah, she's just a liar. She just lies about everything. She's a liar. The, the reality is that there are many men and women, and especially these women, who make incredible sacrifices because they believe that they're commanded by God to do it. Uh, I can think of, you know, Phoebe Woodruff's statement, you know, Phoebe and, and Wilford Woodruff desperately loved one another. I mean, they, they were the kind of hallmark story of, of the 19th century. If such a thing existed. And, and when she talks about it, she says that When she first heard of polygamy, she fought against it as much as she possibly could. And she said, until I became sick and wretched. The one once I became convinced that it was a revelation through the prophet Joseph Smith, I determined to live it because she knew that Joseph Smith was a prophet. Now, that didn't mean that it was easy. The the reality is, and I think we've covered that multiple times on, on these podcasts, Mortality is not easy. And the reality of plural marriages is the same reality of monogamous marriages. Some of them are terrible. 
even inside of the church, even among people who've gone to the temple, and even people who seem on the outside to be just the wonderful, great, nicest person, sometimes there's monsters beneath the surface. There are many tears that are shed inside of plural marriages. But there are also many men, and especially women, who defend the practice, who say that they practice it because God told them to. Women like Lucy Walker, who say an angel appears to her and tells her to practice it. We can only go so far in criticizing plural marriage before we actually begin to criticize the very women that we, we, we claim we care about. We claim that we're, we, we're so concerned about the fact that they were in a plural marriage. And yet as you read what they have to say about it, they don't want your sympathy. They don't. They want your faith. They're sending petitions to Congress calling people liars, hypocrites, and fornicators who have a problem with plural marriage. They they are desperately arguing in the public sphere, in their writing, that God has commanded them to do it and the federal government should allow them to do whatever God has commanded them to do. In our modern age, it makes things difficult. Every time we've ever told someone that we're a a member of the church. Oh, you're one of those Mormons? How many wives do you have? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Compounded by the vile way that it has been abused and practiced by some apostate and, and fractional groups uh, you know, that have broken away from the church over the course of time. Practiced in ways that it wasn't practiced when it was practiced among, among our people. And people see those things, they, oh yes, that must be the way that it was. The reality is, as I said before, there are tens of thousands of individual experiences in the practice of plural marriage. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of open questions about the practice that I, I can't answer. As a historian, I don't know. I don't know for a certainty when Mirinda Hyde was, was sealed to Joseph. I know that she says that she was. And, and that's, that's about where I'm at on what I can know. When we deal with a difficult topic, though, I think it's important that we, we take a step back and we say, so now what? Okay, I've had to come to terms with the fact that Joseph practiced plural marriage. Does that mean that he didn't actually see God in Jesus? Is the Book of Mormon another testament of Jesus Christ, or is it not? Did Joseph see and talk to the Savior of all mankind, and not just once, over and over and over again? And did that same Savior of all mankind deliver to him knowledge that is essential for your happiness and understanding of who you are? The very fact that you are an actual child of God, that you are a son or daughter of God, that comes from Joseph Smith. Oh, I realize other Christians say we're children of God. What they mean is that we are creations of God, that God created at the moment of our conception and that he formed the clay together to make us, but we didn't exist before that. We are children of God to them in the meaning that we are the creations that God made out of nothing that are totally meaningless, but that God cares about most. That's not what we mean. 
Because of Joseph Smith, we believe we have a father and a mother in heaven. We believe that we have the ability to progress to become like our heavenly parents. We believe that we had a pre-existent life. You didn't just poof into existence, that you chose to come to this mortality even with all of its evils, even with all of the difficulties, even with a bunch of sourcing problems for a historian. Because you knew that was the only way to become like your, your heavenly father and your heavenly mother. We believe that marriage can, if, if both sides choose it, we believe it can be for eternity. I realize it makes us uncomfortable when we deal with plural marriage. And we start to ask questions like, well, wait a minute. Who's going to be married to who then in the next life? But the only reason you're even asking that question is because Joseph Smith's a prophet. Because no other Christian believes that marriage exists in the next life at all. So the moment Joseph Smith, if you allow Joseph Smith's practice of plural marriage to cause you to believe that Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet at all, you are not just throwing away the practice of plural marriage or later conceptions in the church. You're actually throwing away the fact that marriage exists at all in the next life because we're the ones who teach that. It's not taught by anyone else. You're throwing away the idea that you're a literal spirit child of God and not just some creation. You're throwing away the idea of eternal progression. You're throwing away the idea of a universal salvation of all mankind. And in its place, what do you find? Billions upon billions condemned to hell forever. Marriage relations all ceasing because they're unimportant and unnecessary in the next life. And you go from being an eternal being that's always existed to being just another creation. Sure, a favored creation of God, but one that didn't exist 50 years ago or 70 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Instead, you give up that pre-mortal life. Many people want to have their cake and eat it too. Many people want to continue to believe the parts of Joseph Smith's teachings that they want to believe, but without accepting the more difficult parts that he taught at the time. Though this is a difficult topic, plural marriage, one that I hope to never cover again, Richard, please stop me if I ever again so attempt. Well, at least till season 38. Season 38. We promised it. How old will I be in season 38? You'll be, you'll be dead for 20 years. Okay. In 20 years after I'm dead, my spirit will come back and do the, you know, I, I, I can't promise that. It's not mine to promise, but um, I, I, I do hope in all seriousness, though, that we focus on the things that we desperately want to believe, the things we want to know that are true. And with the things that we don't fully understand, we can acknowledge that we feel uncomfortable with them. That's called being normal. That's, that's a normal reaction. But there's a big difference between a normal reaction of I'm not sure about this to a definitive one that says there's no way this is true. The only way we can know whether or not Joseph Smith was a prophet of God is the same way that we can know whether or not Jesus is your Savior. 
only through the Holy Spirit. There are always going to be those who say, Joseph Smith was not a prophet, and let me show you my proof. Just like there are those who today say, Jesus was not the Christ, and let me show you my proof. But Jesus is the Christ. He really did die for our sins. Just as Joseph Smith really did see him and really did receive these revelations. So thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully we'll cover a topic much more like rice tariffs and townships going forward. Thank you for listening to the Standard of Truth podcast, hosted by historian Dr. Garrett Dirkmott. If you know anybody that could benefit from the material in this episode, please share it with them. And for more resources, visit standardoftruth.com. Until next time.